Welcome to Rhode Island's Church and State Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Jessica. We're a husband and wife podcast. He's a pastor and I'm a state senator. So you've been warned. We're about to talk politics and religion. And anything else that might get us canceled. Welcome back, everyone, to Church and State. This week, we're going to give you another update on what's happening at the State House here in Rhode Island. If you're new to how Rhode Island's General Assembly works, um, they start in January and they end in June. So it's a pretty sweet gig that my wife has here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> six months on, six months off. Sure. Um, but that means so. that we're now entering into the final weeks because uh, we're recording this in May. And uh, that means we, we've only got, what, six, seven weeks of, uh, of the General Assembly left. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means that we're, at least today, we're, we're hoping to give you an update on some tax bills that were recently heard in the Rhode Island State Senate. Now, to my knowledge, did any of these bills actually make it, to, make it out of the committees and then onto the floor? Not yet. They've, been, they've all been held for further study. So before we even start... I hate to say that, you know, like some of our episodes are happy and lighthearted and very informative. And this episode, you won't be walking away with a smile. <laughs> You'll probably be walking away upset. Oh, man. So, uh, but it's really important that we know what's happening at the State House. So, this is a downer podcast episode. So, is, yeah. they probably already shut it off. <laughs> Cheer up. No, we'll we'll try to keep it light. Yeah. We'll try to fly through these. I, I don't think people are excited about budgets and finances. You know, maybe they're more interested in abortion or or uh, gun bills and gun laws. But this is important. These are pocketbook issues. I think that this is a, a, a year where the state, like the rest of the country and the world, is trying to recover from a global pandemic. We've had to deal with economic uh, shutdowns, government lockdowns, all sorts of things. Small businesses have been devastated. I think we saw a, a study by, was it Brown, mm-hmm. where 40% of small businesses Brown shut down. Yeah. yeah. So th- this is a pretty uh, pretty tough year for small businesses and, and even regular folks. So let's jump right into it. Uh, so we have some good bills. Yeah, let's start with the good. Yeah. And uh, this way you can shut us off if you're not interested <laughs> in hearing the bad news, the bad bills. But there are some good bills out there that you and some of your colleagues have been uh, advocating for. Uh, let's talk about Senator Algier's bill. Uh, this one seems to be aimed at helping mostly small businesses. I think it helps all corporations, but in Rhode Island, our, our number one employer is small businesses. Right, yeah. So what would this bill do? It's a really simple bill. It takes the what we call the minimum corporate tax, because they're a corporation, um, from $400 to $250 for the... Um, uh, 2021 tax year. All right. So if I hear this right, every single corporation pays a minimum tax of $400 every year. What this would do is reduce that to $250. Sure. So the little tailor shop right up the street from us that I go to to get dry cleaning done or tailor or, you know, like, um, you know, hem a dress or something or pair of pants, they pay $400 a year. So this would alleviate the burden a bit and only almost cutting it in half almost a right half, yeah and then that seems like you know small potatoes but i think again in a year that's been devastating this could be a, a help it's not going to keep a business afloat but that's uh, that's going to be helpful to them and of course that money is probably going to end up recirculating into the economy now For sure yeah but what if uh, somebody criticizes that and says, oh, here we go, another corporate you know, tax cut? What, what would be your response to that? 
okay, we're not talking about JP Morgan Chase. Again, we're talking about these little small businesses, yeah. uh, the mom and pop shops. Mm -hmm. 400, you know, do you think that Chase cares that they're, I mean, honestly, right, we're right. talking about small businesses, the restaurant, the dry cleaner, mm -hmm. the uh, whatever pizza business, shop down pizza the street. shop, right, there you go, great example. Okay. Yeah. And I, 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 my understanding is that most of the small businesses um, are really like family shops. They're, they're, you know, numerically, most of the businesses are owned by one person or maybe it's a family, family run kind of thing. So it's not a giant operation. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, think of the businesses in our district, right? They're small family yeah. owned businesses. Even when I drive through Providence, I see these little uh, shops like uh, convenience store shops owned by uh, mm -hmm. individuals and families. Um, so yeah, these are, and so many are even operating right out of their homes, like out of their cars, you know, driving around and, and, and doing their own work. All right. What about, um, bill S, um, S seven, six, four, this one seems to be targeted at unemployment relief, uh, sort of a tax cut for, for people that are unemployed. Yeah. So I would definitely, as you said, I would call it the unemployment relief tax cut. And, uh, a constituent had called in the office of mine and she was complaining that um, she was going to have to pay this income tax on unemployment uh, compensation. And our office decided, you know, this is a really good piece of legislation to help those that are really struggling right now, because as you said, the pandemic has really um, hurt families. So we put this forth and we were able to get um, Senate leadership to sign on as well. So in mm. addition to our caucus was uh, Leader Algier, myself, uh, Senator Rogers Palino, um, Senator, uh, the president Ruggiero of the Senate, he signed, wow. uh, Whip Goodwin signed and leader McCaffrey also signed. So, um, all the heavy hitters, all the that's heavy hitters. every, the, the minority whip and the majority whip, both leaders and the Senate president. Yeah. Does that mean this has a good chance of passing? I hope so. Cause you should have heard the people call into committee, mm -hmm. very emotional. You know, one woman said, she had to decide between paying her taxes and paying her rent. Mm. And she went with paying her rent because she's hoping that this bill will pass and alleviate that burden. Um, but you could hear the emotion in her voice like, I don't want to be evicted. Like, I'm really struggling here. Well, I think every little bit helps. And uh, it seems like a sensible piece of legislation. There is an issue maybe we'll cover in another episode of the, uh, the unemployment um, and how people are going back to work. Many of them are choosing to uh, uh, to stay at home yeah. and, and continue to collect some of those uh, unemployment checks, and that's kind of hampering some of the uh, the the state's recovery. Hopefully, I, we'll be able to cover that. Yeah, I do want to say one thing um, that the federal government has um, made it so that individuals don't have to pay on their federal taxes, and we've so far followed all federal guidelines except for this portion hmm. of the tax code. So we're just saying Rhode Island should be in line with the federal government here oh, and provide that relief. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying all the other states or this is just a guideline that the federal government has? Well, I'm and... not sure what the other states are doing, okay. um, but the federal government has said we're not going to tax this um, portion of the income. Okay. And then so. there are some other good bills out there. Uh, what were some of those? Well, you know, um, three of them were put in by Senator Felag, and they were for allowing up for de deductions um, for retired Senator, individuals. Sorry, where's Senator Felag from? I should know. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I feel like he's somewhere. In the South. Down South. Yeah. 
like uh, by the water. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> when I picture Senator Felag, I picture him by the water. So yeah, my apologies, he, he Senator Felag. He has a very Felag laid back for... personality. I feel like that's like down coastal, <laughs> right. you know, I don't okay. know. Is that like it stereotyping people? Yeah, I don't know. I think you're fine. If they cancel us for that, you know what? <laughs> I'm giving done. up my headphones. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so what? what is uh, Senator Felag, again, seems to be pushing for some of these tax cuts as well. And he's a Democrat. Yeah. So, uh, so that's pretty... That's pretty cool. You don't Kudos see, to him. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what's he proposing? So they, again, would be deductions for um, for retirement income, for military retirement income, state income, taxes. Uh, really good bills, and I'd love to sign on to them. Uh, maybe in the future I'll have to ask him. Well, when we look at some of these bills, uh, do you see any of them having a chance out of committee and then onto the floor? Um, I think the one that has the best chance to come out of committee is going to be the one that has bipartisan support with leadership support. Um, I'm not saying that that's, you know, ironclad, 100% mm -hmm. coming out of committee. I'm just saying that that one has a possibility. Do you know by any chance if there's a, a bill in the in the House as well that's mirroring it? Yes. Oh, um, okay. Charlene, Rep. Charlene Lima. Oh, interesting. And I think she's high up there in the house leadership she is in leadership position i don't yeah. know if she's the whip or some deputy, or deputy or something, something. Yeah. yeah all right well uh that's the good so okay. at this point we're about to make a hard right turn <laughs> or maybe a hard, hard left, left turn. hey see what we did there <laughs> all right that's enough uh hard left turn to some bad bills um and one of them is uh uh, being proposed by Senator Melissa Murray, who actually shares North Smithfield with you. Mm -hmm. I think there are three senators, Senator right. Paolino, Murray, and Dela Cruz. The three of you kind of carved up uh, North Smith. Well, you had nothing to do with carving it up. But, right. Uh, but she, um, she she's a neighboring senator to you. Mm -hmm. What is, uh, what's her, her bill? Is this uh, a tax income uh, or an income tax? I remember hearing her talking about it on a on another podcast yeah, yep. where she uh, talked about it as a Rhode Island, it's an interesting way to phrase it, but a revenue for Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And um, it's I, all in how you phrase things, it, David. Yeah, really. I mean, this is not like, you know, money that's just coming off of a tree, but this would be a tax, uh, a new tax that's being proposed uh, for the uh, for the state of Rhode Island. So walk us through it. What 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 does this do? Yeah, it definitely targets a specific group of people. Um, she proposed this bill um, on the wealthiest of Rhode Islanders, so the top 1%, and these individuals would be making $394,500 uh, a year. And the new tax bracket would increase to 8.99%, so 9% on okay. uh, income again over 394 so this 000. one would really only impact at least directly um what are sometimes called the one percent right you know we hear about the one percent talked about a lot and um one percent according to this would be uh anyone making just about over four hundred thousand a year or four hundred and seventy five thousand a year it would start at three hundred and ninety four thousand so four hundred thousand um and then I guess adjusted for inflation, the new right. tax bracket would be yeah right. about four hundred seventy five. Yeah, okay. you're right. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, and uh, and they'd be paying about a nine percent tax. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So I uh, I mean I'm not a big fan of of you know quote unquote taxing the rich or I, mm -hmm. I feel of course everyone has their fair share and we're certainly not in that that uh, we're nowhere near that income tax bracket. 
but uh, but if someone's successful, I don't necessarily think they should be penalized for that. Again, maybe 9% doesn't seem like a lot of money, though, to some people. Yeah, well, and I also think we believe in trickle-down economics where um, that wealth trickles down into more jobs and better-paying jobs. But, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about during committee is we talk about fair and being fair, but, you know, maybe being fair is a flat tax where everybody pays at the same percentage, you know, in income taxes, everyone pays the same percentage in, uh, in, uh, sales tax. Well, yeah, that's what, know, that's what we have right now. Um, and most of the consumer taxes are flat taxes or, uh, oh boy. I'm yes, trying. exactly. Consumer, you know, yeah. when you go to, you right. know, your store, you pay 7% right mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. but maybe we, uh, we, I don't know. I, I mean, sound when you say, oh yeah, we should, we should all pay a fair share. I think we all believe that, but, um, you know, taxing, I, I don't know what the answer is to tell you the truth, Yeah. but uh, it's definitely a conversation that we should have. Okay. But like you said, we don't want to single out um, a particular group of people simply because they're successful. Right. I think that's the, um, that's my only gut responses, especially when I, when I think of how the 1% are portrayed, they're usually thought of as the millionaires and billionaires, right? To mm -hmm. quote Bernie, Bernie uh, Sanders. Yeah. But it's not here in Rhode Island. The one percent are people making um, over four hundred thousand a year. So, I mean that. Of course, that's still a lot of money. But um, does that mean that they should be vilified? And that's where I just yeah. I'm not sure. I uh, I like that. All right. All right. So there's another bill. This one would have much more of a a uh, far-reaching effect on Rhode Islanders, especially if you. You like your 7-Eleven or uh, you, you like your Big Gulp or you like your soda. So this is a beverage tax. And walk us through this. So this tax uh, would impose, uh, would be imposed on the sale of sugary drinks. Um, and it's a tax of uh, 1.5 cents per ounce. And here's the thing. We... A lot of com a lot of the. People I'm sorry. Oh, so it's one point five, one and a half cent. Yes. Okay. One and a half cents mm -hmm. per ounce, and in committee we heard a lot of um, medical professionals call in, and they were talking about how bad sugar is for you, and we all agree sugar is. Yeah, you and I bad were for on your the, health. the keto diet. Yeah, so there's no sugar for us. We, we haven't had sugar, <laughs> corn syrup. Yeah, and I realized how addicted I was to sugar right. when I started doing that mm -hmm. uh, diet because I just craved it all the time. So no one disagrees that sugar is bad for you. Um, the, the problem that I have and that I expressed in committee is why are we singling out sugary drinks? If we think sugar is bad, then why don't we tax sugar across the board? Either we do it or we don't because we can't be picking winners or losers, mm -hmm. right? We're going to be uh, – I asked what about um, apple juice and orange juice? Even milk has sugar in it. Are and we going to be taxing that? And so would this be taxing things like candy or – No. No? Okay. No. Hmm. So no other sugar. And, uh, you know, they use examples like, oh, well, kids don't eat a whole box of Twinkies, but they'll drink a whole two liter of soda. Okay. You know, again, we can't be picking winners or losers or either, you know, we're applying the law equally or we are giving an advantage to one, one business over another. Right. Um, and I remember you telling me that even listening to some people call in um, and privately messaging you just talking about why they oppose this bill. What were some of the reasonings, uh, reasoning besides, you know, just targeting sugary drinks? Um, I, I, I think you said that there was a... Um, uh, there used to be a Coca-Cola plant 
uh, here in, in Rhode Island, but yeah. that thing, you know, it left some time ago. And now there's still a Pepsi Cola plant yeah. uh, or a bottling or distribution center, but they're, you know, they're not excited about this because now there's an, another tax. And of course that may hurt, uh, hurt their, the demand for their product. And that may mean job cuts yeah. for, for that plant. So true. And I joked around in committee that Republicans and unions don't always see eye to eye, but in this instance, I have to agree with those uh, union workers at Pepsi Cola here in Rhode Island that it is an unfair, it is an unfair tax. It seems like another nanny state kind of tax where sure. the government knows what's best for you mm -hmm. and what's good for you. So we're going to tell you what you can and can't drink and fine, you want to drink that, but we're going to make you pay for it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think, you know, also too, is like, um, they're talking about taking that revenue and giving it to the SNAP program which sounds so good. And of course we want to, to fund, give more funds to these programs. But I've sometimes feel like we first, we say that we're going to put money and um, put it away for a specific use. Like the gas tax was supposed to be for roads and bridges. Well, now it's not, it goes into the general fund. Right. So we say we're going to uh, put this money aside and specifically use it for a program, but we don't always. And the second thing is we impose these taxes and attach a you know um a good a, cause a for good it. cause to it yeah. and let i feel like you know let's just be transparent it's not really about funding good programs mm -hmm. it's about increasing revenue right i tend to just be a big supporter of individual liberty so yeah. let each person decide for themselves what they want to eat and drink and let them bear the consequences or pay the 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 cost for those you know in their own health you and i have decided we're given that um given those kind of things up and we didn't need the government to tell us to do it so true all right what else um well i guess i is that I, all of them well let's see i think that no there's one more okay that i have to talk about david and that one was bill and that doesn't sound sexy but it's s365 and this bill is a tax on the middle class and i i've had some individuals say i don't understand how it is a tax on the middle class but let me just put it this way so it increases taxes on individuals um filing jointly making a hundred thousand dollars a year hmm. break that up into two people um, a married couple each making $50,000 a year, $50,000 a year. Uh, 20 years ago, that was a lot of money, but that's not a lot today. It's I mean, not a teachers, lot firefighters, nurses. I mean, those are very middle-class kind of jobs and, and positions. They're paying off their student loans. They're trying to buy a house. They're probably starting a family or caring car for payments. Young, car payments. Mm -hmm. $100,000 between two people is not a lot of money. And in fact, I would say, you know, that's middle-class, but maybe it, I would say even maybe just lower middle class. You're just getting into that middle mm -hmm. class, um, you know, status. And it, I, I am just, it's so unfathomable to me that individuals think that that is wealthy. Like you make a hundred thousand dollars, so you're wealthy. We're going to tax you. Um, you know, we're going to increase your income tax. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just like floored by it. Right. And this is proposed by Senator uh, Bell, I think, right? Or yes, and several others too from uh, from Providence. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that uh, that clearly is a is one really aimed at the middle class and upper class and and taxing them. I think what increased the tax rate to seven percent or so. Yeah. As we're wrapping this up, were there any other things that stood out to you? On uh, was it uh, what day was this uh, this committee hearing? Was it on Monday? It was. Uh... 
Wednesday, I think. I know all the days are blending. Together I know they're now. just blending in at this so, point. Uh, but does anything stand out to you as you uh, well, think back to it? I, I, what stands out to me is that I mean, especially with this last belt, that is so out of touch with the average everyday person. Um, and I hope that these bills don't pass. And you know, as you had said one of the senators withdrew his support from a bill and that has happened in the past. You know, it doesn't happen all the time or very frequently, but I just want to really drive home the fact that reaching out to your representative senators can have an impact. Mm, That's so good. All right, guys. Well, um, I hope you stuck in there with us, even through the bad bills. Um, But uh, do not lose hope. Do not lose faith. Uh, the, The good news is these were just hurting committee. They haven't been signed into law. Um, there's still a, a long road for some of these bills to, to, to even make it to the Senate floor. But mm-hmm. it does sound like there's um, at least a good chance maybe one or two of them will make it to the floor. Yeah. At least one good one. And one bad one. And one bad one. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, All right. Well, make sure you contact your state senator, your state rep. Thanks, guys. Stick around for today's closing quote. Today's closing quote comes from Albert Einstein. He said, the hardest thing to understand in the world is the income tax. Thanks again for listening. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, help us by subscribing and sharing these episodes. And for more content, check out churchandstateri.com. 